and welcome to Tea Time with Docs Josh, where we will sip the tea with our pinkies up and talk all things sophisticated. Bitch, please! <laughs> sophisticated, my ass, honey. You better get ready, because this tea's coming in hot. What's up, you beautiful people? And welcome to Tea Time with Talks Josh, a.k.a. me. It is our very first episode, and I cannot believe that I'm literally here doing a podcast. Like, wait a minute. Wait. Talks Josh is doing a podcast. Hold the fucking phone. Yep, you heard that right. He's doing it. So I hope you're ready for it. So the very first episode is called... Are you ready for it? Drumroll. Unapologetically me. So let's dive right into it, shall we? You better get that tea popping out, honey, because it's coming in hot. So, you're wondering, why in the hell am I going to be listening to this crazy kid? Who in the world are you? Like, who? What? <laughs> but anyway, it's like I said, talk Josh. My name is Josh, but most people don't call me that. Like, I like if I like I barely even know my own name anymore. It's just Tux Josh, and there we go. It's just kind of a nickname that happened years ago, and it just kind of stuck. And I'm sure you'll learn about like how that happened later on. But no, I am a registered nurse. I am a nurse injector, aka I make people beautiful, honey. I speak the language of fillers and skincare and all things nice, honey. And I am here in good old Nashville, Tennessee. If you cannot tell from the accent, I've tried to get rid of it a little bit, especially when I went to Vandy. I had to like try to like smart it up a little bit, but you can't take the the, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. <laughs> but anyways, I am here in Nashville, actually a little south in Franklin. And um, I love what I do. I love aesthetics. And I absolutely just love slaying the shit out of faces and making people feel good. I love to motivate people. I love to make people laugh. I love to, again, motivate people and make people laugh. But I also kind of like to keep it real. Like, you know those things called a filter? Girl, I was not born with one of those. The Lord did not bless me with a filter. And so I tend to speak by mind. Most of you all probably know me from Instagram, aka App Talks Josh. And I'm on there. I'm keeping it raw and real. I tell it like it is. I spill the tea on all the things and pretty much say all the things that you're thinking, but too scared shitless to say. Well, I say that. Evidently, I have the balls of a mammoth. So here we are. But before we can really get into tea time, we got to talk about like my journey. Like, was I always unapologetically me? Was I always this person? Was I always the one that like, no matter what, kept it real, stood up for himself, stood up for other people, made an industry, you know, a, have integrity? Did, was I always that person? <laughs> Fuck no. No, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. So we're going to talk about my journey, honey. I don't know if you're fully ready for it. So, but but we're going to go way back. We're going to go back like to the moment I crowned out of my mother. God, I should probably go ahead and do a disclaimer to my mom. I'm so sorry for what you're about to, to listen to. She's probably already like, Lord Jesus, help him, child. But sorry, mama. But we're going to go way back. And we're going to start. We're going to talk about my life. I wasn't always this person. I always wasn't unapologetically me. I was, that's a really hard word to say. Let's just get that out there. I wasn't always unapologetically me. There we go. It was a pretty rough journey being a gay man who didn't quite know what the fuck was going on growing up in East Tennessee, starting out on a farm with country folk, honey. So it wasn't always that. I kind of had to be somebody I had to be. So I didn't get 
the shit kicked out of me or drunk behind a car or killed or made fun of or lose my family. So I wasn't always this like sassy sass pot from the South. So I kind of want to talk about my journey and I want to tell you a little story about me. And I, and you'll see like the, just the, as the colors unfold, how I became unapologetically me. And I think in this story, I think you are also going to find some similarities. Now, you may not be a, be a flamingly homosexual gay man, uh, but I guarantee you that you can probably relate to some of the shit that's going to come up out of my mouth and the funny st stories that you're going to hear. So you know what? Go ahead. Sit back. I need you to grab your favorite cup of tea, maybe add some vodka or a lot of vodka, because here we go. So four score and seven years ago... God, no, I'm not that old, honey. I'm 35 and I look like I'm 22 some days. And some days I feel like a 90-year-old woman about to kick her last can over her. God, I can't. But long time ago, I was born in East Tennessee in a place called Bean Station. I'm pretty sure I could just end the podcast there. <laughs> and that explains everything. I mean, come on, fucking Bean Station. Like that name, I literally cannot with that. That name, however, the Allegro's Granger County, Tennessee, and the best thing to come out of that, besides me, <laughs> is Granger County tomatoes. Like I will slap baby Jesus for a Granger County tomato. It is so good. They have the best tomatoes like in the state, probably in the country. But out of all things Bean Station, you'd think they'd be like beans or whatever, but no, it's fucking tomatoes. But anyways, grew up in East Tennessee. We lived in the White House, and I always say it, a.k.a. it was this tiny little White House. But to me, it was the White House. Um, I got my mom. I got my dad. I got my three sisters. Well, they're really half-sisters, but that's a whole other podcast story. But I grew up a little whitehead child, like blonde as can be, and uh, and grew up like on this little 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 house with a little farm and we had a little garden and we raised horses and all this stuff. And you're like, wait, hold up. You on a horse on a farm? Girl, you read that right. I literally, like I would show ponies <laughs> and I would go feed the horses. I would work with my dad out in the barn. I would go out there and forage the garden and I'd get and grow my food and work for, no, I did not do that. But I would, I would have my mom there though. I would, <laughs> It's out there. And I would I would just be in my little coveralls and I'd be out there dirty as can be. And loved it. Like like that was back when the days were so good. Can we just go back then when I don't have student loans and debt and credit card bills and all that stuff? Like, can we just go back in time when shit was easy? No cell phones, no social media, nothing. Lord, that'd be so much fun. But anyways, so ended up in Bean Station. And I like it's funny because like I was totally like a cute little kid, but girl, when you go back and watch my home videos, I, <laughs> I was gay as fuck. <laughs> I would straight up be on my, um, my little four wheeler power wheel, four wheeler. And then like my dad would get out the camera and then I was like, Oh, Hey, I was ready for my moment. Like at any time, like you would turn on that camera and honey, I was ready. I was born ready for a camera girl. Lord. But no, like the horses, that was my happy place. And I had this horse named Barney and I remember one time Barney got his ass stung by a bee and I just so happened to be on the back of Barney and it took off and I was like, oh, hell no, I didn't sign up for this shit. Scared me <laughs> to death. Ended up getting thrown by the horse and here comes my father trudging down through here, like about to make me get back up on this horse. And I'm like, uh -huh. <laughs> no, 
I don't think so. Well, I got my little hind end busted and I got back up on that horse and had to ride it all the way back home. But you know what? I'm I'm so appreciative of that, that like, you know what? Like my dad taught me a few things. Like my mom and dad definitely did not spare that rod, honey. Like we got, we got whooped as a child, but that's another podcast coming up too. We'll save that for another rainy day. But anyways, growing up, ended up in, we ended up moving to another smaller farm in Rutledge, Tennessee. I know awesome name. Again, East Tennessee, but it was so cute. That's where my dad's and my stepmom still live to this day. It's a beautiful old place. It's like, I think it was like 17 acres, but it was, it was perfect. We had horses. We had every kind of farm animal. Like I'm pretty sure dad like was like Noah's Ark. He had it and it was fun. It was great. Um, the carefree days, you just, you know, you don't know anything. You don't know you're gay. You don't know anything. So then the parentals, of course, like some Sometimes it just don't work out. My parents got divorced. Uh, and then my family got a little bit bigger. We did uh, end up with a stepbrother and stepsister from my stepdad's side. And I ended up with a stepbrother and stepsister on my stepmom's side. And they've all been real to me. They were with me since I was little. Love them. They're great. So, I, you know, like divorce, like, you know, can fuck up a kid. But I'm very thankful that my my parents kind of sheltered me from a lot of that stuff because I know that can really do some damage. Now, I mean, maybe it does some damage. I don't really know about it, but here we are. That's a that's a therapy session, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, so my family grew, and but when we divorced, we ended up moving and moving to the city, and it was a place called Morristown, Tennessee. That's kind of what I call home, but small town. But honey, people were different. Like Bean Station, like I was in school. Like, okay, look, I got three sisters, right? Like, and I'm just gonna be honest, I love me some cheerleading back in the day. I remember going to like softball games and basketball games, and I'm like, ooh, shiny little pom poms. What is that? And I think that's the moment that the gay gene just went right into my forehead. <laughs> but I loved everything. Like, you know, for crying out loud, I had three sisters. So I love cheerleading. I love gymnastics. I love to play dress up. I could grab my mom's heels and then, then like walk around the house and it was nothing, not a big deal. You know, because it's just a kid being a kid. Like who cares? Like if he wants to play with the dump truck, play with the dump truck. If you want to play with Barbie, play with Barbie. Half the time I've tore my sister's Barbie's heads off. It's fine. Um, but I had sisters. So like I was grew up and then grew up mostly around women. So I was totally good. And then I always remember like kindergarten, first, second grade. Like, I know I can remember the hell. these days. I don't even know what day it is, let alone, you know, something that happened way back when, but I just remember like, nobody ever like made fun of you for that. Like, it's just, you know, like you, kids were just kids, but something happened when I moved to Morristown, it was like totally different. Like, I moved to this city and I love the same thing. I was still the same kid. I still love cheerleading. I still love gymnastics. Dress. I still like to do, you know, ride horses. I like sports and all that stuff. But I was the same kid and I started hearing things being made, you know, being made fun of or called name, like called names as in sissy or you're girly or you're such a girl. And I'm just like, if I could go back in time, I'd be like, mm-hmm, woman power, hunty. But sadly, we can't. But it was just strange to see how, like, I was totally made fun of. Like, the first time I've ever been made fun of. I didn't get that back with the country folk. Moved to the city, and I'm just like, okay. I was like, here we go. So it was, I think that's the very first time that I, like, was like, oh, well, okay, well, maybe I can't say that I like these things because I don't want to be made fun of, you know, all that things. I think that was the very first moment that I was like, hmm, 
you in a different world here, Josh. So anyways, um, so as I'm going through elementary school, I'm like, I want to do cheerleading and all these things that I'm interested in, but I can't, you know, couldn't do cheerleading, you know, at the school. That's for girls. And of course, my mother would not let me. But, and again, I love my mama dearly. Had a child. We go, like, I love her. But girl, if you listen to them, I love you, mom. Just remember, like, I will be raw real with you. But um, she was Southern Baptist and it was boys do boy things and girls do girl things. So, and at that time I didn't really understand. I was like, okay, can't do cheerleading. So guess I'll play sports. So I ended up with basketball, baseball, because you know, that's what boys do. And I enjoyed it, but like, I, like it was just kind of like, okay, like this is cool. Like woohoo, I shot a ball through some hoops. Oh, hey, the guys are kind of cute. Like, but I don't fully understand that yet. <laughs> but I ended up doing the sports just because that's what all the, the boys did. Um, but then I also had the side, the music and the theater side. That was kind of my, my happy place. I like was the lead role in like this elementary school fifth grade play. I was Frederick Fitzgerald Fonsworth III. And I was an opera singer. And I was going to the grand old opera. So I thought, but it was actually the Grand Ole Opry and it was some country backwoods bullshit, but it was fucking hilarious. And I had to sing O Sola Mio and I was like this big old opera singer. And then I ended up singing like, um, thank God I'm a country boy. And I was who in fifth grade, I got my first taste of a rhinestone jacket, honey. And it was glorious. It was from the Goodwill. And I walked that shit on stage and I was like, yes, I was born for this. <laughs> Not so much in a basketball uniform, though, you know? So it was this, like, torment that was just like, I've got this one side of me that I could really like. Like, I'm like, ooh, artsy-fartsy, here we go. And the sports, I could do it, but then it just wasn't fun, you know? So, but I think in the theater, it was the place where I kind of got to pretend to be somebody else, which I could totally end up later in life relating to, because that's basically what I did my whole life. I was definitely not unapologetically me, sweetie. So... I noticed a trend when I would do things that were in the boy normal, like the bullying would be minimal. I was accepted. Life was easy. Everything was cool. Play basketball. Yo, here we go. You know, like play whatever football. No, football was not for me. Couldn't do that shit. Mm -mm. Tried it. I was the kicker. And I was like, yes, queen, get that leg up high. But then when we got pads, I was like, mm -mm, not doing it. I ain't going to do it, girl. Mm -mm, not happening. So, but I noticed that like when I would do normal things, I was accepted. Life was easy. But when I would do things outside the normal, AKA be my true self, you know, looking back on it, like my true self and like who I love, like the cheerleading, like the art stuff, the this stuff, the music stuff, the bullying and the name calling would go through the roof. It wasn't accepted and it made life harder. And like, you know, I didn't get made to play basketball, but you'd be Frederick Fitzgerald Fonz with the third and sing opera like a bitch in heat, honey. And then all of a sudden you get in you sissy and all these names. And I was just like, what? What? I just didn't, like, I wasn't raised in, like, in the country we didn't, we we, we were raised really well. Which kind of leads me over to, like, you you take that and then mix it with the religion side of things, which, whew, we're going to talk about that. Girl, we're going to take you to church. But it just, it was really rough. Like, it, what it told me is, Josh, <laughs> you might as well give it a break, honey. You cannot be yourself. It's not safe. That looking back on it as an adult, looking back on that, I was like, it's not safe to be you. So, you know, and especially, okay, let's get into some religion. Ooh, honey, let me, I need to take a drink. Ooh, child. Ooh, almost out of tea, girl. So I grew up primitive Baptist. So you take Southern Baptist, 
and make it even more country. And then just when you think you couldn't have made it any more country, make it a little bit more country. Minus like the deliverance banjos. <laughs> but I actually, I really liked it. Like to get to the church, it was in the middle of this big pasture calfit. Like it was going to be like country. I'm telling you, it, in Rogersville, Tennessee. And like you could cross a creek in order to get to it. Like it was in the middle of a calfit. It was a beautiful church. I loved it. It was like, it was a good church family. And it instilled good morals and values. My parents, we were there honey, every, every Sunday and then like every other Saturday. And then you had like the third Sunday, a Sunday and the, the Sunday night of the month. And then you had like every Wednesday night. We were always at church because that's just what we did. In East Tennessee, there's a church on every corner pretty much. And it, you know, and, and I loved it. It was good people. It instilled good morals and values in me. Uh, it's a kind of church that like the King James Version of the Bible is the only one that you can listen to because the others going to hell type deal. Uh, it got so bad that like the church youth group had a Bible burning party. Yes, you heard that correct. A church having a Bible burning party. I was like, I, I don't know that Jesus would approve of this. And I don't know that you fully understand what you're doing. I knew back then that this was a little wrong. And I was like, I don't know that I'm going to that one. Sorry. But like it was, there was that kind of church. Like homosexuality was a sin. Like you couldn't date outside your race. You really couldn't be anything but white and be okay. You know, so it was like, here we are. You know, I survived it. You know, homosexuality is a sin, but here I am. <laughs> but that made it so rough. Like I remember like all the time back whenever I kind of knew, you know, like when hormones and, you know, start to shit hits the fan and all this stuff. Like, you know, you know, like who you like. And then whenever you're told that it's a sin, I was, I would like hit the altar all the time. You know, I did the whole pray the gay away. But <laughs> sure, that really works. Uh, it would work for like two seconds. And then like, I'd be like, oh, hey, girl, fantasizing about Patrick Swayze and Dirty Dance and just saying, you know, he may or may not have been the first time that I got an erection. It's fine. But we're not going to talk about that in this podcast. Anywho, we'll keep it G PG. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. But anyways, so you take like, the societal norms, and then you take this religion side of me, like, I, it was like, okay, like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to be like, just like everybody else. Like, you know, I had this fear like going on that, like, I knew something was up, but like, I feared hell. I feared the bullying would get worse. I feared get, getting beaten up and, and all these things. And I was just like, wow, you know that. So all in all, you know what? I'm just going to be someone that I'm supposed to be. Um, it was at the time who I was, you know, societal's norm. But I was like, you know what? Let's just tuck this little cheerleader loving pom-pom swinging person away for a hot minute because I just don't know what's going on. But you know what? It just ain't safe. So let's fast forward to middle school. Oh, middle school. Lord, how did the hormones? That's like, you all know that show Big Mouth on Netflix. If you don't, it is hilarious. Oh, my God. It's like that hormone monster. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. That shit was real, honey. Like, it had you feeling all kinds of certain ways. Shit was happening to your body. Hair was popping out of places. Things was getting bigger. Some voices was getting lower. Some was not. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But it was, God, middle school. Jesus, Lord, we little hormonal starting to be T. I can't, like, whew, child. That was a, it was a fun time, but sh Jesus. But, you know, for me, with these hormone changes, that's when I noticed that I was just like, it was, it was watching Dirty Dancing. 
And then all of a sudden, Patrick Swayze's there and he has on no clothes. And all of a sudden, my body's responding. And I'm like, whoa, that's supposed to be for a girl. That's what they told me in sex education. What the, what the fuck you doing down there, honey? Are you broken? Like, what is this? But it, it didn't happen for girls at all. And I was just, and all, you'd hear all the boys like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend. Like, uh, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, sure, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro, sure. And, but I just never really like could relate to that. And so like, obviously with hormone changes and all this stuff, like I'm pretty sure the gayer I became, you know, like it's not something, I'm not the darkest crayon on the crayon box. Um, <laughs> I can butch it up and be dark crayon, but I'm like an electric green. I can be like a shade of blue, but like electric green, I can also queen it out and turn into a mad black woman in heat, as you probably hear my voice in this podcast, but it's fine. But anyways, middle school, it was fun, but God, the bullying got worse. The name calling got worse. I heard for the first time, I heard gay. I didn't really know what that was. Um, shock, I know, right? You don't know what gay is, sweet Lord. I don't, back then, you know what? Give me a break. I got called gay. I got called faggot. I didn't even, that was a harsh word. And I was like, whoa, what is that? And then just learning what that is, I was just like, wow, sissy, queer. And then somebody called me a dick sucker. And God, if I could go back in time, I'd be like, uh-huh, honey, do you need a lesson? But, <laughs> but, but you can't. I'm just like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't even know what a dick was in middle school. Like I just knew like penis, you know what I mean? But like, God, you get above these older people and they, and they see the sixth grade come in and like, I'm not the, the straightest. It was just, they got mean. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. But it was just like, ugh. So, you know, I did the norm. I continued with sports. I also, you know, found music. That was my escape. That was kind of like when I, the, my, my, I found the, the ultimate love of my life. Um, but, you know, I tried to be like everybody else. I was still being this person that I truly wasn't. I would date girls. I had little girlfriends. And I'm pretty sure, like, one of them is lesbian and still doesn't know it. Um, but, <laughs> but, like, on the outside, I dated girls. On the inside, I was just like, oh, look at all these eighth graders with starting to get beards and oh look at that hairy chest oh stop it josh that's not what you're supposed to look at oh yeah look at tina over here her breasts are developing well like oh god like i can't even think of that but like i just had to force myself because i was like okay no it's fine don't know what's going on inside nobody else is this way so okay these are just weird so i'm just going to tuck that away in a nice little envelope seal it up with a kiss and i'm just gonna you know go on with girls so here we are um and then, oh my God, that's whenever, like middle school is whenever you get that bullshit mentality of the popular kid syndrome. Like, you know, everyone wants to be a popular kid and like, just be like everyone else, be a popular kid and everybody's going to like you, you know, like, and that popular kid mentality, girl, honey, we know what that looked like back in that day, honey. It was, I had, you had to wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Mom, I'm so sorry for all the pointless money I made you spend on those fucking clothes. I owe you like probably $2 million. I'm so sorry. I'll pay back in time or in Botox. It's fine. But you wore Abercrombie Fitch. You hung out with the sports team or the cheerleaders. Like those were the popular people. You know what I'm talking about. You know those people. If you were one of those, you know what I'm talking about. If you weren't one of those, then you fucking know what I'm talking about. But, and for us, if you were popular, then you had to carry the most popular scent of Bath & Body Works hand sanitizer. Like, you had to. Like baby powder with that one scent or whatever they called it. Oh my God. Like that was a scent. And if you didn't have it, then you can't sit at our table. I was like, all right, bitch, whatever. But you you guarantee you, I had the most popular scent. 
I tried and I was one of those. I tried to be the popular kid. I was also lucky that I could also mold and hang out with all the other crowds too. Like I could fit in with the band geeks, which I totally was my whole life. The cheerleaders, like, honey, I wanted to beat one of you all. Like you all were over here trying to tumbleina and I was over here like, sweetie, your, your hands wrong. Like, let me show you what to do. Like, but I couldn't do it. I played basketball and sports um, only because I had to. Uh, I hung out with them. Like I had some friends, but it still felt a little awkward. Uh, nerds, I was totally one of those. I was in Scholars Bowl, one of the gifted kids, all that stuff. Emo, I mean, like I had my goth days, like, and I could hang out with them. Like, I, and I like that about myself. Like, you know, I can hang out with anybody. So I ended up turning into one of the popular kids. But even with those, I always felt like something was off. Like that they, like, they were only kind of nice to me to get something. Or like, even if we would like hang out, like, it just kind of felt superficial. Like, oh, hey, Josh, yes, hi, yeah, okay, good. Thanks for coming to the party. And then they would go over to like the cheerleaders and the sports teams. And it's like, so I was there, but it was like, kind of wasn't. And looking back on it, it was like, it because I wasn't me. I wasn't truly myself. So I was like, all these things, it just, not to mention, God bless America. There's this stuff called food and stress eating. So I had a bitch would deep throat everything in that fridge, Pop-Tarts, you name it. I ate it. I ate my feelings. Didn't realize why I was eating my feelings, but I'd like put on this fat armor to like hide myself from, you know, all this stuff, this pressure. So like if I, if this something that I knew was quote unquote a sin and this side that I didn't want people to see that could get me in trouble, lose my, all these things, lose my family, all this stuff. Like if I just ate and I got like bigger, like nobody would pay attention to me. So that was not fun either. So it's like middle school is all about just starting to discover who you are. So in a world where most got to start to discover who they were, I was kind of forced to fit in a society norm. And it was fine. You know, like at the time I was like, okay, cool. Like popular kid, here we go. I'm I'm good. Like life is grand, honey. Life is grand. Lord, child, if I only knew what I knew now. Ugh. The things I would do differently. I would be, I would be a cheerleader. I would be gay as fuck. And I would tell people off. I'd probably get in 800 fights. I got in one fight. Um, I had just had it. This kid, he had just, woo, had, he had made fun of me all week. And then at the end that he made fun of my mama at the end of the week. You just didn't do that back in the day. And he threw a basketball and he hit me in the head with it. Ooh, I I snapped. Snap, crackle pop. I waited on his ass in the little locker room. He come in there and and I like got him and I started hitting and he like pushed me back and I was like, oh, and then boom, here we go. The only thing he did to me was pull the shirt up over my head and scratch my back. He went home with like almost a broken jaw and a punched up face. And I was like, oh, and it was like shock. It was like TMZ, like, oh my God, Josh Davis totally got in a fight. And all these things that was, I mean, my God, like the basketball coach come in and he was so in shock seeing me so mad. You know, and it, like I get pulled in. He gets suspended for, I think, like two weeks. I think I get released for that day. And the principal t- held me back and he was like, it's about damn time you're sticking up for yourself. He was like, I have to like let you go for the day just because, you know, whatever. And But he gave me a high five. <laughs> My mom told me not to worry about it. The teachers didn't like the fact that I got expelled, but you know what? I was sick and tired of it. I was just like, no, you're not going to get away with this bitch. Mm-mm. No, you're not, honey. Like, I'm a sweet, lovable care bear, but honey, you fucked me up too much and I'm going to stab you with my unicorn horn, sweetie. Just just go ahead and chop that down in your things of not to do. But, you know, I would, like, I, I know I got off tangent, but, you know, I would, I would do things a little differently if we could, you know, it, it, like we always say hindsight's twenty twenty, right? God, I would go back. I wouldn't care what people think. 
I would be, screw the popular thing. I wouldn't care about the clothes. I'd probably save my mom a hell of a lot of money. Like She'd probably appreciate that. I wouldn't let others tell me what to think about religion. I'd have my own viewpoints and not like what man told me to, to, to say or like man's opinion on like God's word or allow people to use the Bible as a murder weapon against me. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't do that. Um, I'd stand up and call out all the, the, the shit, you know, like I would, I, I would, I'd just stand up and call it out. Like, you know, like it would be like, the, you know, that show, like the kids say the darndest things. Like I would, I'd, I'd be in school doing it. I'd be like, ah, ah, honey, that you, you're going to grow up, you're going to be pregnant and divorced three times before. So sit down and shut up. Your opinion doesn't matter. I stand up at church and I'd just be like, oh, oh, sweetie, <laughs> you are going to talk about homosexuality, but yet you've been divorced 1400 times and pretty sure you cheated on your husband. <laughs> I would, I'd totally stand up. I'd probably, you know, like, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy for me to say that now, but it's a crazy. I just wouldn't buy into this bullshit mentality that you have to be like everybody else. Like I wouldn't, it's just, yeah. But you know what? It would be great if we could, but I'm not going to apologize for my job. I honestly, like would I change things? I'd change a few things, but honestly, I would just, I, I gotta be honest. Like I really love how it turned out. I turned out pretty okay. You know, my journey got, you always, we always worry about the past and stuff, but your past has got you exactly where you're at today. Now you got to look at that, you know, where you're currently at today and are, are you in prison somewhere? Then you probably should have made some better choices. But like, I look at my life, I'm, I'm good. I'm in a happy place. I love who I am. I've got a great career. Like I'll just, it's wonderful. So I wouldn't change too much because then my journey would look different and my end point may not be where I'm at now. So but God, if we could like go back, you know, like in hindsight 2020, it would definitely prepare me for the clusterfuck shit show that was about to happen. And that, my friends, is called high school. And you're going to have to tune in for part two to continue the story. And I'm telling you, Lord, child, you are not going to miss it. It is going to get even crazier. The stories, Lord, honey, you aren't ready for it. But... That's what you'll just have to tune in to part two and see what crazy shit I went through. So that's it for part one of Unapologetically Me, people. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Um, make sure you subscribe to Tea Time Loop Talks Josh here on the podcast apps. And make sure you're following me on social media, App Talks Josh. If you're not, I'm going to hunt you down. There's the last drop of that tea, sweetie. 